Hello, and welcome to the Christ Lutheran Church Sermon Podcast. This is Matthew Best. I serve as pastor of Christ Lutheran Church in Allison Hill in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Thanks for being here. If today's message connects with you and what you're going through, brings you inspiration, or offers connection with God, I ask you to please stay on after the message for just a few moments to learn ways to connect with the congregation and the health ministries that we offer. And now, let's dive into God's Word. A reading from Luke, chapter 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up to the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those to whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which was just as they had been told. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. There's an article. It's from 2018. And it's from Time Magazine. That's titled, The Strongman Era is Here. Here's what it means for you. And here's a quote. In every region of the world, changing times have boosted public demand for more muscular, assertive leadership. These tough-talking populists promise to protect us from them. Depending on who's talking, them can mean the corrupt elite or the grasping poor, foreigners or members of racial, ethnic, or religious minorities, or disloyal politicians, bureaucrats, bankers, or judges or lying reporters. Out of this divide, a new archetype of leader has emerged. We're now in the strongman era. 
very interesting, and I'm going to disagree, that this is not a new thing. It has not been new for all of humanity. This is a common thing. If you go back 3,000 years, 3,000, here's what happened before Israel had a king 3,000 years ago. All the elders of Israel, and this is 1 Samuel 8, all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel and said to him, you're old and your sons are not, do not follow in your ways. Appoint for us then a king to govern us like all the nations. And Samuel is like, no, you don't really want that. And he goes to God and says, God, they want a king. And God says, well, tell them what a king means. And so he does. He says, these are the ways of a king who will reign over you. He'll take your sons and appoint them to his chariots and to his horsemen to run before his chariots. And he'll appoint for himself commanders of tens of thousands and commanders of fifties and some to plow his ground and to reap his harvest and to make his implements of war and the equipment of his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. He will take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive orchards and give them to his courtiers. He will take one-tenth of your grain and of your vineyards, give it to his officers and his courtiers. He will take your male and female slaves and the best of your cattle and donkey and put them to work. He will take one-tenth of your flocks and you shall be his slaves. 3,000 years ago. And how did they respond? But the people refused to listen to the voice of Samuel. They said, no, but we are determined to have a king over us so that we may be like the other nations and that our king may govern us and go out before us and fight our battles. The world has always wanted a king, a Caesar, a strong man. It doesn't matter where, it doesn't matter when, it doesn't matter the culture, the language, this has been a constant in human history. Because humanity has lived by a creed that might makes right, that the strong survive, and that the ends justify the means. And even in our story, our gospel story, the interesting thing that I found if you take a look at just the two names that are in the very big first verses of Luke 2, Caesar Augustus, do you know what Augustus means? It means great or magnificent, powerful. Caesar Augustus brought peace to Rome, the Pax Romana, and he did it by killing his enemies. It's one way of having peace is you kill everybody who's in the way. And the name Quirinius, I looked this up just this afternoon because I was like, I wonder what that means. Quirinius, 
was the governor of Syria. Quirinius was named after a Roman god. This is what I found. Quirinius was one of the five main Roman gods. That was the, the original name. Together with Jupiter and Mars, they constituted, ready for this, the trinity of the highest gods of the Roman state. This is the setting. And Quirinius, by the way, means spear. Violence, enforcement, strong man, ruling. The world wants a Caesar, a king, a spear. But God, God gives us a savior instead. In the midst of it, in human history. And what does that savior bring? Not what the world expects or wants. Not might makes right and the strong survive and the ends justify the means. This Savior comes as a defenseless infant who has to rely on others, who is not strong, can't survive on, on his own. This child, the strong, it's not that the strong survive, it's that the poor and the weak and the outcast are favored by God, not by destroying but by lifting up. And it's not that might makes right, it's that love makes right. That in this time in which Jesus is born, this act of vulnerability, that God takes on flesh and empties God's self completely, to be completely vulnerable is an act of love. To come to us. It's not God saying, you got to find me God comes to us. And it's not the ends justify the means, but instead Jesus comes and teaches a way that is that the ends and the means are both important. In fact, when you get to the New Testament later, his way is called the way. It's the means. It's not just the ends. Jesus Often we, we hear this message, this gospel, and we've heard it so many times that I wonder if we have forgotten or lost how radical it really is of what Jesus is doing. Jesus, King of kings, Lord of lords, Prince of peace, the titles that were attributed to Caesar are given to an innocent child born in poverty, not wrapped in purple linen in a palace, but off in some podunk town in poverty with a teenage mother and an adopted father among some average people and some animals. And the first people that are proclaimed to are not, it's not a parade talking about how great Caesar is with his victories. Instead, it's shepherds out in the field. Shepherds who stink. Shepherds who are poor. This is why the good news is good news to the poor. This is what, this is what the Christmas message is all about. It's a radical upturning 
of everything that the world has been around and been doing for thousands upon thousands of years and continues to do today. Christ comes not in the way we expect, not with the power that we expect, but his power will go not in crushing enemies, but in submitting. Give give the worst that you've got, death, and he goes through it. Because in John's gospel, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. This is what Christmas is, God loving the world. Not because we've got our acts together, not because the world has it right, but because God loves the world. It's God's creation, and each one of us is a part of that. Each one of us is loved. This is the radical message of Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thank you again for listening to the Sermon Podcast. I'm always happy to have a conversation or pray with you. Please reach out either by email to pastor at christharrisburg.org or call me at 717-236-8382. I'd also invite you to be part of worship on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We're a very diverse, open, affirming, and laid-back congregation. Christ Lutheran Church is located at 124 South 13th Street in Harrisburg. Parking is along the street. You can enter the building through the side entrance on South 13th Street or at the corner of 13th and Thompson Streets. And lastly, check us out on the web. Our website is ChristHarrisburg.org. There you can learn more about and offer your support for the congregation as well as the health ministries and free clinics that we provide to people in need in our neighborhood. I invite you to follow us on Facebook and Instagram also at Christ Lutheran Harrisburg. Thank you. I look forward to connecting with you and I pray that you have a blessed week.